listen to me. Let's do that hockey. Welcome, everyone, to Dauber Prospects Report. This is report number 18. I'm Victor Nuno, one of the co-hosts here. And with me today is not Peter Harling. Pete had some family business to attend to. All good things. No worries. But it will be just me today and an awesome guest. In today's report, we're going to talk about the Linka Gretzky Cup with Steve Ellis of Daily Faceoff. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the Dabba Prospects Report is a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're very excited to be part of the army of fantastic hockey podcasts. Please check out at HockeyPodNet for all the shows like this one, talking hockey from fantasy to team coverage to you name it. You can also use the DraftKings promo code THPN for listening to this show. More on that in a bit. The DPR show is proudly sponsored by Fantrax. Fantrax is the ultimate league manager for Dynasty Sports. It's completely customizable for everyone to set up your league from scoring categories, an amazing draft room to host the draft pick tracking and treasure your options so you don't have to worry about that. Use the promo code to sign up for a free league using Fantrax.com forward slash DPR show. Pleased to be joined now by Steve Ellis of Daily Faceoff to give us the goods on the Helsinki Gretzka tournament. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Unfortunately, I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to watch this tournament, but I, as I understand, you definitely got to take it in, right? Got to watch every game, watch Steve in the pre-tournament games, watch Canada play Hungary. It was a lot of hockey in a short span. I love the Helsinki though, because it's it is just a lot of hockey in a short span. It's over. It starts on the Monday, ends on the Saturday. Could be a lot worse. Could be the World Hockey Championship. That one goes on for like six and a half months, it feels like. Yeah, you get it all really concentrated in a small amount of time, which is pretty good. And it's pretty much the official kickoff to the next scouting season, right? Yeah. So it's like it's an interesting time because it happens during like the first like international break, which is right around where the World Junior Summer Showcase was going on in Plymouth and then the Five Nations Tournament also in Czechia and Slovakia, I believe. So a lot of hockey in a lot of short span of time. But yeah, this is... It's better than the old days when there was no hockey being played at all in August, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And these are all 2024 and 2025 eligible guys, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these names I'm not that familiar with. Some of our listeners might not be, but we're going to get familiar with them over the course of the year. And so it's good to have a little preview. And how do you kind of treat this in terms of like, I've heard people say you can't really really hurt your draft stock in this tournament, but you might be able to really help it. Or it's just like one data point, right? So how do you kind of view this in the mass scope of your evaluation? For me, the biggest thing is just finding players I don't know much about. And that's mostly Europeans or in some cases, like I might not watch a ton of WHL hockey and I could see some of those guys. So it's more of looking for the players I didn't know. And it's again, it's summer hockey and you look at the scores and Talking to the a couple of TSM broadcasters who were just complaining on the one side where there was just no close games. Like every game the Americans played in was a blowout. Canada got crushed by Finland and then scored 14 goals in the next game. It's like there were a lot of really bad games. So you, there's only so much you can take out of it, but it is just another data point. Like I, I have a list here of players to watch the year and I'm up down to about 589 names, I believe. And a lot of them ratted because of this tournament. So it's a good chance to get to see those guys. Not up close. I wasn't there, but to get a chance to see these guys kind of in a contained environment. Great stuff. So yeah, you gave us this list and I'm really happy because otherwise I would have just gone by who scored the most points. And some of these guys definitely did and some others didn't score as much, but are interesting in other ways. Let's get in. The first one we're going to start with is Berkeley Catton. He's a Canadian 
and he is 5'11 forward, was almost a point per game for the Spokane Chiefs last season. He'll be back there this upcoming season. He was the highest scorer in the tournament with eight goals and two assists to go along with that for 10 points in five games. So that's pretty good. So don't don't know much about this guy. Tell me about Berkeley Catton. Well, he scored in every single game and he scored some big goals, played a lot of ice time. He had almost like 30 minutes played in the championship game. Did go to the final seven seconds of the period. So that makes sense. It was a 20 minute overtime. But someone that when we saw him at the under 17s last year, just absolutely put out just a whop, like just whipped everyone's butts out there. He was so good with Canada Red. Had a bit more of a muted U18 World Championship tournament, but he was still one of the youngest guys out there. And you see this tournament, he takes full control. I know a lot of people were looking at Michael Misa, the 2025 top prospect, and want to see what he could do. But Berkeley Cad was by far the best forward on the team, best player in the tournament, going out there and getting the 10 points, like the eight, eight goals, like unbelievable shooter out there. Things were just working for him. So he's a guy that definitely should factor into the top five conversation for the draft this year. Ooh, top five. It's That's good. That's good. I mean, potential, right? I mean, who knows? A lot can happen between now and then, but... Top five potential is nice, and we obviously have to see how he develops. So, so is the shot the you think the calling card for him as of now? The shot, the way he thinks the play, he's got so much confidence to make plays and take some risks. So, it's I don't know. It's just number one centerman this year in that tournament. He took control. He just he commanded attention. Just the way he would control the puck. It just when he it's on a stick, he knows what to do. So, I really like what he's able to do. The shot's good. The passing's good. The way he thinks the game's good. He came up like playing through, I want to say it was the Saskatchewan he was playing. Yeah, he was playing through the Saskatchewan hockey programs, which is something that's kind of really grown in the last couple of years. You look at this year's NHL draft, and there was a lot of players that you know, played in Saskatoon, grew up playing against guys from Saskatoon, and he was one of the big threats. So we've known about his name for a few years. And then when he went and played at Shaddix two years ago and just crushed it there, it was just like, yeah, it's only a matter of time until he starts putting damage up. And my first initial rankings, he is fifth. So I think he will go pretty high. He's like, he's not a big guy. He's 5'11". He's 160 pounds, but he's, he puts power behind his shot and in his game. He's a guy that's going to have no problem scoring in the NHL. Love it. So, all right, Berkeley Cadden, name to know. And let's move on to the next one. And it's important to know that the Americans do not bring their USNTDP team here. So these are non-NTDP guys. And so we're going to talk about a couple of them. There's still some good ones outside of the program, right? So this first one is Trevor... Connolly. And so he is a six foot one forward from Tustin, California. It's actually a few hours north of me. He's in the from the metro LA area. Played in Tri-City last year in the WHL. It doesn't stay on Elite Prospects where he's going next year, but he's committed the year after to Providence College. So that'll be interesting for 2025-26. He had 10 points in five games for Team USA. So tell us about Connolly, Steve. So it was actually Tri-City in the USHL, and he will be returning there. He did tell me he'll be going back for one year. So that's his plan. Another, there was a lot of California kids. I think there was eight or nine on this US team, but he tied for the scoring lead there. He had 10 points, five goals. All his goals came at the like end of the tournament, though. He, he had a hat trick against Germany, and, and then I believe near the end, he scored a couple goals too, but he did it with a lot less help than Berkeley Cat did. So there, that's something really to take in, into account there. I think the one reason why I'm giving Cat maybe a bit of a boost is just because a lot of Connolly's points came on the power play, but he controlled the puck when he had that extra ice. There was no player on that American team that just maybe in a few years that could just take control when he needed to. He was a great rusher down the ice. He was a great passer. He was finding his teammates. He's someone who will probably go in the first round of the draft. He was 
basically the best player on the ice every game he played in. And that's a really good sign there. He has a chance to be one of the first American players taken this year. Obviously, we know Cole Eisenman's probably going to go in the top three. But with Connolly, you know, I could just see it where the hype train is going to start appearing. He's again, he's a guy that's been able to prove at all levels. We saw that when he played San Diego, playing Anaheim, kind of growing up all here. And now he's going to be a key piece of Providence in two years. But just the way he's able to control the play and score at will, essentially, when he's on. So I think he'll be a guy that's going to be someone teams are going to be circling early in the draft. All right, let's move on to the next guy. Henry Muse, six foot oh, right-handed D, Canadian. He's from Ottawa, and he was in the OHL last season for the Ottawa 67s, 31 points in 55 games there. He had seven points in five games at the tournament here. That's pretty good for a defenseman. So tell us about Henry Muse. Henry Muse is kind of a high-risk, high-reward defender. He's always produced at a high level. I was really excited because I watch a lot of under-16 hockey here the Toronto area, and he moved over from Ottawa to go play with the Toronto Junior Canadians and was a force. He had like almost 80 points in 52 games in 2021-22. Last year, put up some really good numbers in the W or in the OHL with Ottawa. Now we're going to see what he's able to do again as a second-year player. And at this tournament, he had seven points. Very effective player, but again, high risk, high reward. There were a bunch of goals where he was the one that was beat for in this tournament, but you know, I guess that kind of happens when you're playing as much as he was, which was like he played 26 minutes in the final games, playing over 20 minutes a night every game. So he was a busy player. He did a lot of there. I thought he was probably still their most Canada's best defenseman, maybe the most effective one. Just rushes the puck really well. Very offensive minded. Will play with a bit of an edge. He's willing to get physical. I think in this tournament, he took a couple of dumb penalties, which didn't help his case. But overall, a player that I'm excited about as a potential top 10 pick in 2024. This draft is supposed to be really good for defensemen. There's a bunch of international guys we'll talk about, but do you think he has a chance to be one of the first North American defenders taken? Yeah, I do think so. He'll be trying to think of who else they could probably go with. It's going to be him, Sam Dickinson, whose defense partner from London will be one, and then Cole Hudson, Lane Hudson's brother. I think those are the three defensemen you're going to be looking at as maybe the first American or Canadian or North American born defenseman taken in this year's draft. Yeah, we get to do the whole Hudson dance again. It's going to be fun. And I think there's a chance that Cole Hudson might be the better Hudson brother. Let's move on to the next guy. William Zellers is the next guy. And he is 5'11", 165 pound forward from the Minnesota area. He was at the Shattuck St. Mary's last season, which if you don't know, is a really awesome prep development program. He also got some time while well, he had one game in the USHL for the Gamblers, so not too much there. But 49 points in 37 games in high school. That was pretty great. Maybe you know where he's going next year because it doesn't stay on elite prospects, but maybe he'll be back there and then going to BU after that. So what is the good word on William Zellers? I believe he is going back, which would be kind of nice to Shaddix. And that's really nice because they do play in Aurora, which is not too far from me. And they play in that's a big prep hockey challenge going on in Toronto this year. So that's going to be interesting. Anyways, with him, I thought this is a guy that was just a nonstop goal machine. He had five goals. I think he scored in all but one game. Very good in the power play. Again, just Trevor Connolly, just when he hit the puck, something happened. He was really good in the front of the net, really good skater, excellent finisher, get, plays a bit of an edge. So I think that's a guy that I'd be keeping an eye on. I don't know if he's a first-round guy yet, but he's definitely going to go in the top 50. I think, you know, some for as good as Shaddix is, a lot of people will kind of negate that and point out like, oh, it's not the he's not playing the highest competition all the time, but it's still a very good program. He gets to play with good players, Aiden Park. Another guy who could go top 60 this year in the draft. They they play together. So I think Zeller's just a really intelligent player, and I'm looking forward to that. 
Nice. Yeah, always hard to evaluate those high school players, but maybe he'll get some USHL time, be at the U18s next summer. That'll give us more data points there too. All right, let's move on to the next one. A couple of international players here. Adam Tittlebach. He is a kind of smaller forward, five foot nine. He's Czech, 165 pounds. He was primarily in the U17 and played a little in the U20 Czechia League. And next season, looks like he'll be with the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. So that'll be fun to see. But he had a pretty good tournament. So what do you think about Adam Tittlebach? He was probably one of the most noticeable players for me. We'll talk about him later, but Adam Benick is like one of the best Czech foreign players we've seen in quite a long time. And he and Adam Tittleback, actually, if you just look at the Czech roster, about 50% of their players are named Adam. I don't know what, what that's about, but Tittleback, I believe he's listed as 5'9". I think he's a little bigger than that now, because a lot of the times you see the elite prospect stats, like how, high, how tall it is. A lot of times it's like when they play the U16 national team. So it could have been two years ago in his case. He is going to the Vancouver Giants for what it's worth. But he had five goals. I thought he looked great pretty much in every single game. He's just a finisher. You put him in front of the net, he's going to get the job done. And it's hard to get a good read on Czech prospects because the competition can vary. And he didn't play anything against men last year. But in U20 competition, he was nearly a point per game as a guy who was 16 years old. So I don't know where I'd be putting him on the draft. But I don't think the Czechs are as dangerous and get to the point they are without him basically planting himself in front of that net. Yeah, and he not is not a big guy. You said maybe a little bigger than he seems. That's uh, that's using your frame well, right? If you're doing that, so you're right. I was noticing our list has a whole lot of Adams, and the next one is also an Adam. But he's probably my favorite, and that's Adam Yurichek. And yes, that is David Yurichek's little brother. And what I find really interesting is a couple of things. David was pretty old for his draft year. He was a November, late November birthday. Adam is a June 28 birthday, so he. Has is going to be really young for his draft year. And what he did this past year was as a 16-year-old. And he had three points in five games in the tournament, but he's already played 12 games in the Czechia Men's League, just to assist. But again, as a 16-year-old, he's already 6'2", 152 pounds, or at least that's what he's listed on Elite Prospects. And I think he's a much better skater than David was. So potentially a longer runway to develop and some of the skills, at least the skating, which was a concern for David in the draft year, that has me really excited for Adam Yerchek. So, Steve, tell us your thoughts on him. Are you as excited as I am? There are a lot of scouts that think Adam Yerchek's better at the same age. And I think it's also worth noting that when he played in the Czech League, it wasn't like they were doing what often happens with European players. And they just like, oh, yeah, you're here for the experience. Play five minutes. That did happen. But he played 27 game- minutes in his very first game of the Czech League. He's playing 21 minutes consistently near the end. or Sorry, 15 minutes consistently near the end. He was playing a lot of ice time. 20 minutes, almost in half the games he played. So this is a guy that can handle that load. He's really smart, really mature for his age, really just very good playmaker, just setting up guys where they need to be. But he loves to shoot the puck. You love to see guys that are confident of that. And he tried that a lot, and he didn't score in this tournament. But I just think it maybe wasn't the biggest high-profile showing I've seen out of him. I thought he looked maybe even a little better at the under-18s if a bit of a lesser role. But it helps that he's got a pro-caliber brother there to kind of lean on and to have that support but he's just always been one of the best defensemen in his own age group always playing up a higher level and this year he will be playing mix of under 20 and pro with Pleasan. so i i think that this guy's got a great potential well whether he's top 10 but top 15 I, I think he's closer to 15 at this point but it's also like a guy that probably would have been one of the very first defensemen taken in this year's draft maybe even number two like 
that's kind of how I value the defensemen in this year's draft being pretty. Sometimes it's it can be a defense heavy draft, but the defensemen are not great. This year, I don't find that to be the issue. So I, I like your check a lot. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of great ones to choose from. And yeah, because of the pedigree and, you know, what he will have to see, what he accomplishes this year. But I mean, he's one of my favorites for one of the first D to go, especially because I'm sure people are going to be looking at what his brother has done since the draft. And I imagine even bigger things this year. So that might play into it as well. He might be one of the top top three D taken. I don't know. You, you seem to think maybe a little bit later. A lot can change. A lot could change, but I'm again, it's we haven't seen any actual meaningful hockey yet, so it's very here. Light the lamp with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so the next guy we're going to talk about a lot of the Canadian listeners probably know this name, and that's Malcolm Spence. And he is he's a six foot oh left wing. He's currently sixteen. He'll be twenty, he'll be seventeen on September twenty seconds after that. So he's eligible for the twenty twenty five draft. And he was with the Erie Otters last year, forty two points in sixty four games, and he scored a pretty big goal, right? The deciding goal. And so that was I definitely saw that highlight. That was pretty impressive. Didn't watch much of the rest of the tournament, but how was his tournament overall? Because I'm sure everyone's going to remember that one epic moment. Which hey, good job, buddy. He had five points. He probably could have had ten. Like the guy was just he just he got snake bitten a lot, and I'm not going to hold that against him, but. He was like, even games where Canada wasn't playing their best against Finland at points against Czechia in the final, even early against the States. It's just like almost every time I like had to like hesitate, like I want to tweet this, but I feel like he's going to score. And then he would end up scoring because he just was so good around the net. Last year, I got to watch him play with the Mississauga Senators. and He was putting up like two points per game. He and Michael Misa were just downright dominant with William Moore. who will be going to the U.S. National Development Team this year. Watching him play with Erie last year and just how smart he was with the puck and how he was one of the youngest guys in the game, but you couldn't tell because he just played at just such a just a high level, great speed, just great hockey sense. And then watching him and score that game winning goal, it's like the entire shift. You kind of look at him like he's going to score here, right? Like he's buzzing, he's got the energy. It seemed like he his energy never wavered near the end of the games. You'll see that sometimes, even with fast skilled guys at this age that might still not be really good at honing in their own energy. With Spence, it's just like no shift is an off shift for him. So big fan of his game. I think he's going to be one of the first players taken in 2025. Let's move on to the next guy. This is an interesting one. Another 2025 draft eligible, and that's Adam Benak. You already mentioned him a little already because he's impressive. The big thing you got to say right off the top is he's five foot six and 140 pounds. He's really small, but man, he seems like he's really dynamic and exciting. Ten points in five games here. At the U-20 Czechia League for Plizen, he had 31 points in 30 games. Again, for a really young, he was, well, 15 most of the season until April 10th when he turned 16. That is really exciting stuff, but obviously he's small. So is the skill tantalizing enough? Like, what do we think about Adam Benak here? I, I'm not worried about his size. First off, he's 16, so there is time for him to continue growing. So there's that, but like I remember watching your uh, Pasternak when he was a young prospect and watching the way he just dominated with the puck. Pasternak did not have the ability Adam Benak does. He set the record for most points ever by a Czech-born player 
originally set by Edward Chala, and Chala had to do it over two tournaments. Benek didn't want. Like he did it. He was the guy who was leading that Czech team. When he was off the ice, you could tell they're missing him. And then he'd go out there and make a great play. It's just the speed, the skill, the smarts. The thing about it is the players that really stand out at a tournament like this are the ones with a really strong hockey IQ. And I hate that term because it sounds really stupid, but it's like the guys who think the game really well and are very smart with the way they distribute the puck. That's how I, that's a guy that's got, that's just figured that out. So I think he's going to be a star for the Czechs. They, it's been a few years since they had one. I know Edward Schala is probably the closest they had, but this is a guy that you know, talk to scouts and they're like, yeah, we haven't seen a Czech-born player like this in a long time. So they like what he's able to do. If he's still 5'9", we'll see, but you're not paying him to be a physical guy. Like You're paying him to score and use his speed to score, and he's going to do that, I think, in the NHL, no problem. Okay, let's move on to the next guy, Roger McQueen. So McQueen is the Saskatoon guy Canadian he's six foot four really big so that, I mean that's huge for 16 he's an October 2nd birthday so he's going to be a little bit older for the 2025s and he was with the Brandon Weekings this past year 14 points in 55 games maybe not a ton but tell us a little bit about Roger McQueen's tournament and what you think of him it's funny because you look at like what Berkeley Canton was able to do and in the WHL last year and those incredible numbers and you look at what Roger McQueen did in his first season and it's like completely different Brandon didn't exactly need Roger McQueen to be this big name player. He's a 2025 prospect because he's late, late, early October, but late 06 born. Man, that guy just brought the energy to the game. Like every shift, he just, he was a workhorse. And him being that big, but not like being dumb with his size, he's not going out there and making dumb penalties. Like you, a guy who could hone his size like he does is going to have a good future. And I thought that he was really good at the under 17s last year. I thought he was even better at this tournament. He scored four goals. He just he put the stick in the right spots in front of the net. He tipped a few goals. He had a couple other chances where he just put himself in the right spot. I think that this is someone who you're going to be watching as someone who could bring a lot of energy. He kind of almost reminds me a little bit of, of Connor Geeky in a way. So maybe that's a decent comparable, but very similar size, similar playing style. So we'll just kind of see how he can kind of develop there. I'm, I don't want to point out where I think he can go in 2025. I haven't got to that point yet, but I think he's a very highly sought after prospect. That's an interesting comp. And from what I remember for Geek from Geeky, there was a little bit skating concerns at the time. And maybe someone who didn't use his size quite as well as he could have. I don't know if there's any analogies there with Roger McQueen. I think Geeky kind of figured it out a little bit better last year. So I guess I'm more considering it to what he is now compared to his like draft year. But I think they I hate comparables <laughs> in general. But I, I think that with McQueen, I just think that there's he uses his size quite a bit to not aggressively, but to win puck battles. That's how he kind of uses it. He's not just going to throw a big hit for the sake of throwing a big hit. Gotcha. So more like a puck possession, protection, like use it smartly. He uses the strength when he needs to, essentially. And let's move on to one of the couple Finnish players we have here. Tuomas Suoniemi is the first guy we'll talk about. A five foot 10, 161 pound center. He's eligible for the 2024 draft. And he was in the TPS system last season for the U20 division. And he had seven points in 21 games there. The U18 level, he was nearly a point per game. We kind of split his time there. Nine points in five games at the Hlinka. So, yeah, he's maybe slightly undersized, but not too bad. And a late birthday, so he's April. So he'll be a little bit young for this upcoming year. But what did you think of Tuomas Suaniemi? When it comes to him, he had five points against Canada. That was a great way to start the tournament. 
was a, kind of invisible in Switzerland. I believe he also, they benched him for a little bit too. I'm not totally sure the situation there, but he lost like five minutes of ice time essentially. And then he scored the game winning goal against Slovakia in a game that Finland got outplayed in. Slovakia at the time, I just came off of two like brutal losses and then was making Finland work for it. Finland had to win a regulation of that final round robin game to move on. And so Niemi goes out there and scores a goal from that point with a great shot. He's got a lot of great shots to him, whether it be the slap shot, snapshot, or wrist shot. He's also a decent beaker. It's just like he's got a lot of arts, like a lot of tools to shoot with. I had not seen that a lot from him last year. Didn't score a lot. I think he had 11 goals between the U18 and U20 Finnish leagues. While I loved his energy and the way he was attacking the play of the U17s today, or this tournament, I felt like he took a bit more control of the puck. So good showing for him. So the next guy, Emil Hemming. So he's a six foot two. 194 pound, pretty pretty decent size, eligible for the 2024 draft. And he was in the TPS system also and played mainly at the U20 level, 16 points in 22 games. So tell us a little bit about how he looked at the tournament. Uh, I thought he had the four-point game at the beginning, but he was dead quiet against Switzerland. But then throughout the rest of the tournament, I thought he was one of the better players. He seemed to be... Kind of the one, the only guy that showed up against the Czechs when they lost eight to two in that game. He scored the first goal for the Finns against Slovakia, and I just I'm very impressed with him. He puts up a lot of numbers, a lot of good numbers when he plays for Finland internationally. He had a really good year TPS in the U20 league last year. Kind of a mixed bag skating wise and defensively. That's why I'm not. I don't have him super high in my first round. I think I got him 26. But he just he knows how to score. He knows how to put points in the net. You, if you kind of park him show down the slot or anywhere kind of along that line, he's going to rip a shot top corner, but he'll be deceptive with it. He'll make you think he's either passing it or shooting low and then he changes it. It's just quick release, everything about that. So a very solid finish guy that I think should challenge for the first round. Nice. How do the Finns look overall in this upcoming draft year? I know people are kind of excited about Aaron Kivi. How are you? But he's a 2025, if I remember, right? Uh, no, he is this year's draft. Oh, is this uh, he, okay. he's probably the best finished prospect that they've got for this year's draft for that. It's I think right now they've got, I want to say Kiviari will be go going to probably top 10. Constantinus probably will go top 10. And both those two skip this tournament to go play with the U20 team at the World Junior Summer Showcase. And then Viti Vicenin, he did not play in this tournament. I don't know the reasoning for that, but he looked really good in U20 action last year. And then I think we'll probably see Emil Hemming. So those are the guys I'd be looking at right now as the ones that could probably be first rounders. That Finnish team was not a full strength and you could tell they were really struggling to keep pucks out of the net, to, to score, everything like that. So they kind of peaked in game one of the tournament and then went <laughs> kind of downhill from there. So the showing they wanted. It was a great first game though. That's for sure. Very good first game. Yeah. All right. They made a statement. Well, this is great. I really appreciate all your insights here. Is there anyone else you wanted to mention or, or plug? I know you wrote up a lot of this stuff, so let us know where we can find out more about all this great information you have. Yeah, on dailyfaceoff.com, I have kind of daily breakdowns of the best performers from every game. So you can check that out and kind of see who stood out. And I've got highlights of essentially every single goal on my Twitter, SLS Hockey. And yeah, it'll be lots of, a lot of junior prospects talk going up. I actually, I've put together a schedule of games that I plan on going to. I should be attending at least 180 games this year between the NHL, AHL, junior hockey, and things like that. So it'll be a busy year. Can't wait. Sounds very busy. Y'all should be following Steve already if you're not and checking out his work at Daily Faceoff. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Dauber Prospects Report number 18. 
For feedback on the show or to chat with us, you can follow us on Twitter at DPR underscore show at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G, at Victor Nuno 12, at Sabarin 91. And don't forget to follow at HockeyPodNet. And for all the great podcasts on the network, subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, the podcast aggregate of your choice. And please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show. If you're enjoying the show and want to help us out in any way, that's the best way to do it. We really appreciate it. We've gotten a couple recently and we very much appreciate it. And any feedback you have about the show. We also have a Discord if you're interested in joining that where we can chat about hockey. You can DM me or any one of us for the link and we'll get you in there. It's free to join. Until next time, for myself and Peter Harling and Everin, keep your sticks on the ice. Who's Everin? I said Evan. Let's do that hockey. (laughs) 